Guys, before today's episode of the O Show, I wanted to let you know how you can get your hands on my free five-day nutrition series. I made this series because I was fed up with all the bullshit around diet and culture and having tried so many diets over the years myself, kind of looking for the magic bullet, I wanted to make it easier for you by presenting the positives and negatives of different diets, when and why you might implement them, and just clear up all the confusion that surrounds that diet and culture nowadays. To get access, simply go to the link in the description box below or visit the website at coaching.oramacari.com forward slash nutrition. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Welcome to The O Show, your number one podcast for everything training, mindset, and nutrition. I am your host, Ora Macari, and it is my goal to help you access the best information around to allow you to kick ass in the gym, in the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. Between my own experiences and those of my amazing guests, I'm confident we will do that. So let's strap in and level up your life starting right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to today's episode of The O Show. And today we have a returning guest. He is actually number two in the charts at around 650 listens since episode number three of season two. And it was so good, we had to get him back for round two. We have Mr. Troy Thornton back on. How are you, Troy? I'm really good, brother. Thank you for having me on. And hopefully um, we can get the number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're plotting on how to take Hattie Boydell off the top spot, right? You're, you're thinking of different episodes that might go down well. And we're, uh, Hattie's, Hattie's well over the 1,000 mark, and she's, uh, she's still going strong. But we've... Uh, You've got a you've got a goal, right? Hattie came on as well, and she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that number one spot." And now you're you get that fire in your belly to knock her off the top. That's it. We had we had a chat off air for everyone that's listening. We're like, "All right, what's the only way possible that I could potentially beat Hattie?" And I think if we did a some sort of wrap up post IFB Nationals, if it goes, should it go ahead? I think that's a good opportunity to to knock her off. But then she's gonna come on probably after she competes in October because she's yeah. doing the October show, right? And then and then I'm pretty much screwed again. Yeah, yeah, we are, we actually are in talks about getting the season season two episode going as well, so we might have another one coming soon. But uh, we'll see. We'll just keep the competition going, man. Right? So yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it should be interesting. And guys, you heard it here first. We're gonna see about getting Troy on for that that wrap up if we can get our our schedules together. So if you like the sound of that, hit a screenshot right now and tag us both, saying that you want it, and we'll get it. If you, you if let's say if we get ten screenshots and tags. We'll consider it and we'll get get it going. So I think so. Yeah, I think that'll be a good one, man. Actually, we've never done an episode like that as well. So it'd be something slightly different and a different sort of approach and more just about chatting like results. We talked about, you know, different components of coaching bikini athletes before. But we never talked about, okay, this just happened. Here's why this person won. Here's why they didn't. Here's why this person maybe didn't present as well on stage or and just break it apart. I think that'll be quite interesting. So um yeah, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. So, Troy, mate, you're in lockdown over there. How's your past seven days been? It's good. I, just, um, I think just focusing on work is, is pretty much all I do. I mean, with anyone that's in lockdown struggling, like I definitely empathize. It is challenging. But what I would really suggest to do really is just focus on your goals. Like there's always something that you can work on. So for me, it's like, all right, what do I need to do today? I'm going to do things that make me happy. I'm going to obviously work with clients, do some new programs, clean the house my house is spotless you know? <laughs> yeah. so just the small things that you know i mean for example if you're like let's say in the kitchen you got like a lot of dishes in the sink every yeah. time you go to the kitchen you've got dishes in the sink are you gonna feel happy about that probably not no. 
So yep. you're a product of your environment, clean up your shit. And, um, and just probably, I take a very, instead of pessimistic or an optimistic attitude and, you know, I can, I will attitude. And I think that's probably why I'm pretty sweet right now where I think yep. some other people might be suffering. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And just having that flip of mindset. So you're more of a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. So a lot of people will be like, oh, this lockdown is shit. I can't do anything. Whereas you're coming at it like, well, now I get the chance to do this. I get to read that book or learn something that I didn't do or finish that course. Or, you know, I get to make sure my t- kitchen's tidy because <laughs> sometimes it's not, you know, whatever it is. You're like, I get the opportunity to do these things that I can't normally do. Right. Like, and that's, that's just a sign of the mindset that you've got. And that's probably why you're so successful as a coach. Cause you're not focusing on the negatives and you're always focusing about, right. This is my opportunity to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's important to identify things that can be better, but yeah. always be solution focused rather than problem focused. It's like, what can you do about it? Like right now in lockdown, I, we can't do anything about this lockdown. Like we've got no choice. We've got to do what we're going to do and that's fine. So what can I do in the meantime while I'm in lockdown? You know, it's an opportunity to, to work on business. It's an opportunity for me to get my meals right, which I've been doing in my kitchen and training in the garage. So still getting it done. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. So I think my past seven days has been pretty much the, the sleep deprived dad role while trying to kick some business goals. And uh, we got some exciting news coming soon. Um, some, some stuff in the works for team OMC over here and um, it'll all be announced very soon, but uh, I was going to say, also... you can't share it now. Can you? No, we can't. We're not going to, we're going to keep it under wraps for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to kick goals with as little sleep as possible. So very, uh, very caffeine driven past seven days, I would say for me. <laughs> How many are you having a day? Um, probably on a bad day would be like two coffees, three coffees, sorry, and a monster. Like the monster is like the last resort if I'm struggling, like by lunchtime. And a good day would be you no know, two coffees. So it's not too yeah. bad, but it's still like, it's more than I would normally have if I was getting enough sleep. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think, um, are you, are you a fan of bang drinks by any chance? Do you have, do you have them at all? We have them at Doherty's. Yeah, the boys have them in the gym and yeah, I I've used them before, but I don't know. I see them as more of like a pre-workout drink. Cause they've got other stuff in them, right? They're not just like a monster where it's just caffeine and like flavoring or whatever. Right. I think they've got like, do that beta alanine or anything like creat- They've got creatine in them though. Right. Or something like that. See, I'm not going to lie. I haven't actually looked at the ingredient profile, but I do <laughs> drink, I drink them a lot though. Yeah. 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 What's the caffeine in them? Because they had to like drop it down a little bit, right? So I've got it right here with me. Here we go. Let's have a look. Caffeine. Oh, 100 milligrams. Is that all? No, that's got to be for like for 100 mils or something, right? You times that by like five for the size of the can. <laughs> no, this is not good. So servings per container, we've got one and serving size is 500 mils. So it's literally, that's it. Oh, so wow. there must be, this must be like a different, I know this is a new flavor, so it must have less caffeine. Oh, and I, I know the, the original one was like blow your face off and I think they had to reformulate it because they, they got a lawsuit or something against them or some shit. Oh, really? I think oh, wow. so, yeah. Because I think the ones that first came out, they were like everyone was buzzing off them and then they had to change it slightly. So um, it's like everything though, like in the supplement industry, you come out with a really great product and then it just sort of like fizzles out because there's something happens. Somebody has a negative reaction to it and then it's like, Oh, there's too much caffeine in this. When really it's probably the three co- It's like it's like me. Like somebody like me will have three coffees before it, then have a bang and blame it on the bang. You know, when really you've had 
300 megs over your coffees over the day before you've had the bang. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I, I love an almond latte. Is that your style? Almond latte? Yeah. You have never had an almond latte? I had one. Maybe it was an almond flat white recently. Um, Shireen, who's now doing some work for me at Team OMC, she mentioned almond flat whites heaps when we were just talking. And I, I went to do some work and I was like, you know what? You mentioned almond white so many, flat white so many times. I was like, I'm going to get an almond. And I, I don't know. I can kind of see the attraction. Yeah, kind of not. You you might you might convert because I remember when I first had mine and I was just like, oh, really? Is this it? And then I don't know. People in the office, but well, my previous job just kept ringing. I'm like, yeah, I have a coffee. I have a coffee, and it was always almond latte. Then I developed a taste for it, and I'm just like, oh. And then you yeah, get it. Okay. I don't know. For me, for me, it hits the spot anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, see, I'm just as like a skinny flat white if I want something hot, or it's like iced lattes or iced iced long blacks, all like. If it's not winter and it's not freezing my bollocks off, then that, that's what I'll go for, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, fair enough. That's Yeah, it's funny you mentioned coffee because I think one of the last times we talked about coffee on a podcast was with Hattie. And we're just talking about how you want to knock Hattie off. So maybe this is a sign that you're you're trying to emulate the, the same sort of I, episode, right? I, I listened to the episode before I came on right now. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to it so many times trying to beat her now, right? So you're trying to emulate it. <laughs> Awesome, my man. Awesome. So let's let's talk about obviously just over. We were speaking about the dates, and just over a week ago, you had your Canadian client Rosie come in for the wellness division. Looking fantastic, by the way. Great job. Uh, but that's the first person I've ever like really seen take a client to wellness. So that's why I kind of wanted to jump on and obviously do really good. I've seen people like bring clients in for wellness but i can't remember off the top of my head if i've seen anyone actually place and and do well so how easy is it for you to transition from mr bikini to wellness because it's obviously it's very similar but it's still totally different at the same time right yeah i think look it's actually not that difficult at all it's everything about bodybuilding regardless of category is having an eye for it right so it's like whatever the criteria is so if it's in this case, it's wellness. So I look at Rosie's physique and I was like, all right, what do we need to do, you know, to, to fit the criteria and then designing a training program behind that to obviously to cater for that category and then just get to work, have an off season like you would with any other category, put on muscle, you know, and obviously stay in, in relatively good shape. So you're watching the nutrition and nutrition is pretty much the same for categories. It's just a little bit more protein here or there, depending on, you know, what category um, obviously for the guys, it's a lot different. So wellness competitors need a little bit more protein, not a significantly uh, greater amount but then it's just off season same thing diet them down it's actually probably well rosie was i mean extremely hard worker so for that prep it wasn't actually that challenging to get her in condition so was that because she's a hard worker is that because her metabolism's on fire is that because of the amount of muscles that she's holding you know there's a lot of different factors so to, to take into consideration but i would say it's because she's a hard worker but you know overall the experience in wellness i mean the posing is a lot different because you've got four poses instead of two and I mean, that is a little bit different because you've got to pay attention to, to symmetry a bit more. And I would say the presentation side of things for posing is a bit more challenging the bikini because they need to have that bikini flair, but they've got an extra two poses. And generally speaking in bikini, you hit a front pose in wellness, that's technically the two side shots on either side. So okay. the wellness competitors have to pose their weaker side just as they would their stronger side. Whereas okay, the bikini yeah. competitor only poses their front shot which is technically, you know, either side, left or right. Yeah, yeah, I got you, yeah. So four poses rather than two, obviously more muscle, but 
in terms of the other factors that you need to think about, if you're going to think about whether it's actually wellness, like, for example, like, what are they looking for, right? Because you, you see all these girls who maybe just have like thicker thighs, maybe it might be muscular, mu- more muscly, it might be like, you know, holding more fat there just in an off season. Like, how do you decide how much glute growth and leg growth is enough before they start to diet, right? Because females normally will hold a lot of lower body fat just naturally, yeah. like they'll naturally just go on there. So how do you just sort of decide, well, is this person actually truly wellness? Like when we diet them down, will they have enough leg growth there? Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, how do you de- how do you determine that? Yeah, I mean, I think you've probably made it easy for me. Bikini is a bit more challenging because you can grow your hamstrings too much. You can grow your calves too much. You can grow, you know, your glutes. Most bikini competitors probably don't have big enough glutes, but I mean, if you look at the recent Tampa Pro Show with Laura Lee, she got told her glutes were too big. That's another story. Most bikini competitors don't have big enough glutes, but um, you know, quads can be too big. Wellness, very, very rarely is, is someone going to say your hamstrings are too big, your calves are too big, quads or glutes. It's not going to happen in the wellness category. So it's almost a lot easier to prepare someone in the off season to write a program. They can grow almost unlimited. I mean, if you look at the the pro competitors like Yurishna, she looks like a machine, like just a, a hell of a lot of muscle. You know, I don't think a lot of amateurs, are, even when they get their pro card, as good as Rosie is to get to that size, she's going to need a long time in the off season. It's not going to be a 12 month time frame. So for anyone that's, you know, looking to compete in wellness, you'd be surprised with the amount of muscle and dedication. I mean, sorry, the amount of time and dedication that's going to be needed to put on that muscle that's suited for the category. So, I mean, I would say in that, in that way, it's probably a little bit easier to prep a wellness competitor because you don't have to be watching for these things. Like, you know, I've had bikini competitors where I'm like, yep, I'm trying to grow your quads. All right, that's enough. We're going to back back off. But it's like, how do you develop that eye to back off? Whereas wellness, you probably don't need that. But I would yeah. say that with the upper body, you do. So there are, for example, with Rosie, there was a time where I was like, oh, your upper body is getting a bit too jacked for the category. And okay. how I discovered that would be just from looking at um, other wellness competitors that are pro. And I'm like, hold on, let's look at the overall proportion and symmetry. And, you know, proportion isn't probably a word that's really a good word to describe wellness because they're not in proportion. They're lower yeah. limb dominant, right? Like the, the legs, the calves, everything. But you can sort of get an understanding of what their silhouette looks like for wellness if you look at a lot of the pros. And that's what I did to get the idea of what to do with Rosie in terms of backing off her upper body because we didn't want to build her up like a figure athlete. So we couldn't train the delts and the back as often as we'd like. And we had to lay off a lot of frequency and volume. Okay, yeah, yeah. So... I, I get what you're saying, but I'm trying to think about like who would be a better, like if you're going to pick one or the other, right? Would you pick somebody who's more on the bigger side of bikini to push into wellness? Or would you rather have somebody who's just on the smaller side of figure and come down into bikini? What do you think would work better? In terms of an athlete making that decision? Yeah. In terms of if you had to pick somebody, you had you could pick with one person from like either somebody coming up from bikini to grow into wellness or somebody coming down from figure, what would you prefer to work with? Probably a bikini competitor with a smaller frame. Okay. Yeah. So figure out competitors going to have a lot more muscle. So you're probably going to go, Oh, I'd love to have a figure competitor because they're going to have bigger legs probably starting the bikini competitor, but I'd actually rather work with someone that has less development and then build them up. Cause that yeah. way I can build them the way that I need to build them. It would be challenging to, you know, to, to downsize someone that's in figure, their upper body, and then 
get them to train their legs, it's it's probably, yeah, I would find that a lot more challenging. So it'd be easier to have the bikini competitor, even if they bikini competitor had less size. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. And in terms of like first timers coming into this category, right? Like, cause you're talking about the amount of muscle, right? A lot of people want to compete because it's a cool thing to do, like to see the friends do it, or they're just really passionate about it, which is all well and good. You know, they jump in maybe a bit too early, but do you think wellness is something that somebody could potentially go into as a first timer and still do really well? Define really well. <laughs> Let's say somebody, right, somebody, an average person wants to compete in bikini and they want to just place, right? You know, they want to come in, say they see a mentality, well, they want to come in, they want to place, they want to do well and look good, but maybe they've got an, an eye on the, you know, on the trophies, but, you know, they just want to compete yeah. like the most average first first timers. I would probably advise against it mm-hmm. because there's a certain type of intensity that's needed to be a wellness athlete. Like, okay. I mean, you've seen some like some gnarly bodybuilders train on leg days, right? Like these wellness competitors, like a lot of these ladies train harder than the guys do. And they're mm-hmm. doing, they're training legs every day, if not every second day, the type of intensity and dedication that's needed to put yourself through that pain and to be always swollen, like, your legs are just destroyed, you know, 24 seven. And, you know, to put that muscle on to be competitive, it's not easy. I mean, you, that doesn't mean a first time competitor can't come in and do well, but I'm sure if they did, they're probably really intense and they're training really hard for it because yeah, short of training hard, I don't see how that's going to happen. If you're not putting the work in and, you know, when you've got ladies that have been, I mean, look, you, you could probably, you could probably be a first timer and, you know, do very well in a weak lineup. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be competitive if there's a lot of really strong competitors there. That's that's probably my point of view. So I would say if you're a first time competitor, think about what is the goal that you'd like to achieve? You know, is being in the top call out a win for you at, at your local state show? And if that's what you want to achieve, then you probably could do that. Be in the yeah. top five. You know, top three might be a bit more challenging. Um, but if you're a first time competitor, why compete this year? Why not take 12 months off to put on more size and be a first-time competitor and compete 12 months later? You'll put yourself in a better position. Yeah, 100%. And Rosie had competed before, right? I think you said that before we started that she'd previously done a show. Yeah, so she previously did a show, um, did actually wellness here in Australia. And yeah, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, she had to travel home to Canada. So didn't get an opportunity to do the Arnold, but she did play second at the Queensland qualifier in the Open. And then, um, yeah, ended up going home to Canada and um, lockdown and then obviously had that off season and yeah, competed, competed just recently. And then what are we now? We've got a show four and six weeks out. So well, I should say three and a half, three and a half weeks out and five and a half weeks out. And what the, the final one, the five and a half, that's a pro card qualifier. Yeah. That's a pro, pro card event. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Interesting. So the one thing that I've noticed, cause I've got a few clients in Canada now, but it seemed to be like, over the whole mass of the country, like one region, it's like WS, for example, being open over here because we're so isolated and then you's being at lockdown at the minute and gyms being closed. But it seemed to be like some places were smashed where they were closed for like 10 months and other places were relatively open. So where did that fit into her schedule with that? Like, was it a lot yeah, of homework? She was, or did she she was, lucky? She was smashed, dude. Yeah, yeah. she had a lot, a lot of home workouts. I mean, excuse me, being in Melbourne, I mean, we were smashed. We had seven month lockdown and yeah. I remember communicating with her regularly and we we're like, oh, this is, we we're both sharing our experiences and like, obviously it was challenging. And back then I was probably a little bit more of a downer than I am today about lockdown. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, we're like, oh, this is challenging. This is shit. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, every, every other place is open. Why aren't we open? That's what we, we shared that experience. But I, I remember that she was actually in lockdown longer than we were okay. in Melbourne. So I definitely think she was probably more on that 10-month side. So it was, yeah. it was probably one of those. So was that like a garage gym setup where you're like, like trying to get your hands on anything you can? Or was it like, you know, I don't, I don't see her growing like decent size in her off season, doing loads of, you know, booty band workouts, like exclusively, like she probably yeah. had to get her hands on some, some iron, right? Yeah. So I had a decent setup, like back, back to basics, hey, like just barbell squat rack, you know, yeah. and obviously you're probably like, people are like, oh, what, Troy and squats, what's, what's going on right now? You know, but <laughs> back to, back to basics, you know, like you yeah. had to work with what you've got. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. And that's pretty cool that she was, lockdown for so long you worked with her through the off season and she came in and she's won her won her first show out of three you know so that's pretty interesting man i'm excited to see how she goes over the next uh five and a half weeks and to, to this show to the pro pro show i mean yeah absolutely i think you know the conditioning the feedback of what was like don't change a thing and i was just like okay that's that's really good conditioning for me was on point i mean i wouldn't need to get her any harder i'm going to try to push the fullness to see if i can carb her up anymore i don't think i like I thought that I did, but we might be able to push it a little bit more and see. I'm, okay. So for this next show, um, I'm going to really try to push the carbs. If I, if we spill, I think it's probably worth the risk to try out for the for the pro qualifier, which is two weeks, you know, after that date. So I want to really try to fill her out a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And what's your experience of the judging in Canada versus here? Because I know we were talking obviously about bikini last time, but we were talking about how sometimes different states have like you know different criteria or somebody who does really well in wm might not do well in queensland and vice versa like what's it like over there is it quite uniform or is it like still a bit scattered depending on what region you're in of canada what's yeah I, I think i think it's pretty consistent over there yeah. i think um the you know the NPC and the and the canadians they've, they've got it down you know I, I really do think that they reward i mean they reward conditioning and that, that's what it should be so I think with every category, like I said, it should always be focused on conditioning, provided the muscles there, presentation, posing, et cetera. And they're actually pretty good. So what I've seen, I even watched the bikini show that was on. I just had uh, Rosie in that show, but I watched the bikini results and it was, I felt like the judging was quite fair. It's, I mean, and also to be fair, it's a little bit different watching a live stream, but you can pretty much get a good gist of it watching a live stream versus being yeah. in person. So I think it's pretty fair. Yeah. Nice, man. Okay, cool. And obviously it's quite a new thing in australia it it is sort of starting to take off a bit where you hear more people talk about it but it's not anywhere near the level that it is obviously in the states or canada or anywhere else what do you think it like the trajectory is like for like when's it going to really fucking fly over here when's it going to be like popular i think covid just slowed things down hey because a, yeah. a lot of these a lot of these ladies that were looking to prep it's like you know they pulled out for, for for season A. And the ones that are prepping for season B, it's the same thing because of lockdowns, it really puts people off. Like I had a, yeah. a couple of wellness competitors that were looking doing season B. We've, we've pulled out of the show. Um, you know, one was from New South Wales, for example, had another one from Victoria. And there's, there's one at the moment that I'm like 50-50, but I think I'm going to play it safe and get her to do season A. So uh, next year. So it's just a matter of the right time, the right environment as well. And you know, the level of conditioning that wellness competitors have to go through, you know, like the grind is a little bit probably more challenging. It's slightly leaner than bikini, I would say. There is a lot more muscle density. So that muscle density probably could give the illusion that, that it's leaner. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it does look like the condition is slightly better than the bikini competitor. 
You know, like if you look at Rosie's conditioning, you know, when a when Rosie was walking, you know, she had really crazy like striations, like in her quads, and that's obviously not bikini. So that that's also a density thing as well. But yeah, um, yeah. I do think it's an environment thing. It's challenging for numbers. I mean, the the sport needs to grow when we have good athletes competing and. If we have a Rosie, for example, that competed in, in Melbourne, everyone's going to go, wow, look at Rosie. I want to be like that. So yeah. when we haven't got competitors competing because of COVID and lockdowns, we're not having those well competitors. So we're not inspiring the next generation of athletes. And I think that's what's holding the, the, uh, the division back. Whereas, you know, Bikini is doing really well because you've got someone like, let's say, Lorelei, who is everyone's favorite. Lorelei yeah. looks amazing. You know, we've got, we've got social media, but we don't have that same social media presence for wellness athletes because the sport hasn't really... Well, the category, I should say, hasn't taken off yet, and we haven't got that superstar. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So it's only a matter of time, you think, before somebody steps up to the plate. He's like, holy shit, like, this is wellness. And then people will start to look up to that Aussie, Aussie icon or whatever for wellness, and then that'll, that'll help it grow here, huh? I, I think so. Because, I mean, even before wellness was even a category, a lot of ladies were admiring the Brazilians, the South Americans, with yeah. their crazy leg development, right? Yeah. And then the wellness category got sort of mentioned overseas. And then next thing you know, everyone got excited. But yeah, like just we've, we've lacked the competitor numbers. I think, what was it? Um, we've only had two seasons. It's season B, uh, 2019, and then season A, 2020 for wellness. And we had a decent amount of competitors. It's just that, yeah, COVID shut things down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And like we were talking a little bit before this about you know, where would these people have competed before? So you look at like Rosie, she's clearly very well suited for wellness, but like until maybe two years ago or three years ago, whenever it actually came out, it was either bikini or figure. Like, so how do you decide? And I actually was kind of surprised by your answer. So I'm just going to let you talk about it, but like, how could they decide what to do and what's going to be best for them? You know, and they're kind of confused about muscle versus like in figure versus bikini. There's no in between. Yeah, there's no between. I think it's just important whenever choosing a category is to think about like, what do you really want to look like long-term? You know, what's the goal? And some people will think, oh, maybe wellness or maybe figures unrealistic, but there was always someone that started probably the same that, that you did, like with no muscle or like not a lot of experience in the gym. We're all first-timers in the gym at one point. And like, we weren't coaches. We, we had coaches probably. So it's, um, it's really figuring out what you want to do long-term and then going, okay, I'm going to commit to that look because that's what I like right now. And, you know, in terms of using special supplements, are you prepared to do that for certain categories? Because obviously that's something that you need to have a think about as well. And not a lot of people understand that. It's like, I want to be a wellness athlete. It's okay, are you prepared to do what it takes to be a high level wellness athlete? Do you want your pro card? Do you want to compete at the Olympia? Yeah. Um, but it was interesting going to, back to Rosie, actually, Rosie and I had a discussion like, oh, when she was sort of, when she went back to Canada, she's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing figure. What do you think wellness figure? I said, what do you want to do? But the truth was that she wanted to say wellness, but she just thought it was a harder thing and she didn't know if she was good enough for it. And I said, you're good enough to do anything. Like you could do, yeah, yeah. she'd be very successful in figure because yeah. she's got that really small waist. Like, I mean, she's got the genetics to do whatever she likes and the work ethics. I said, what do you want to do? She's like, oh, I think I really like the wellness look. I'm like, yeah. do you reckon I can put that size on? I said, hell yeah, we can. And then obviously we had the lockdown, which is probably the most challenging environment to have an off season in, like to really actually have a go at wellness. But it just goes to show you like through adversity and limited equipment, you can still develop the physique you want. And I think it's important for people to understand that. Like Rosie got it done no matter what. It wasn't a matter of, you know, oh, woe is me, I can't do this. She had that had that question mark in her head, but she answered it by putting the work in. She answered yeah, yeah, yeah. it putting the work in. And that that's something special. 
Yeah, fair enough, man. And, and then final one on wellness, like let's throw a few names out there. It doesn't need to be maybe for the Olympia or anything, but like I can only think of two off the top of my head. I could probably like I'll I'll remember five more after this when we finish talking, but I'm thinking like Yurishna and Dr. Sonny Andrews are the two names that I'm I can remember from seeing recently on my Instagram. Who are maybe the your favorite athletes that you would like to see do well and what do you think they really bring to the table in wellness? Why, like, why are they your favorites? See, I was a fan of Yurishna before she competed. And um, like when she was in bikini, I was a fan of her. When yeah. I seen her in comparison with some of the other wellness competitors, I was like, you know what? Yurishna doesn't have much of a small waist, like as, as much as I thought. Like Dr. Stanley Andrews has a small yeah. waist in Yurishna. It doesn't look like that in photos, but you put them next to each other on stage and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, small waist. So whoever's got the smallest waist for me and then building freaky proportions. But to be fair, I think that, you know, that dominant athlete has yet to come out, you know, out of, yeah. this is going to be you know, our first Olympia for the first wellness champion. You know, I mean, that's like comparing our first men's physique champion, our first bikini yeah. Olympia champion. You know, we've, we've yet to see that freaky athlete that's going to come out of nowhere and just dominate. And I think- yeah. You know, it, it's going to be very challenging. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to secure and say, look, this person's going to win the Olympia yet. I, I'm not yeah. sure. I think there's still a few shows left in the season. There might be someone that comes out of nowhere that we don't know about as well. Yeah, so, 100%. But, I mean, if I had to, if you're going to twist my arm, I'd say Dr. Sonny Andrews. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, like I said, I can only think of those two off the top of my head, so I'm not the best yeah, person. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, out um, of those two, I'd say, yeah. And I think she's probably got the, the overall better aesthetics, the better stage presence as well, yeah. provided that she comes in condition. I think, yeah. I, I mean, that would be my pick unless someone else comes out of the woodworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, whenever you, you mentioned, like, the first time bikini and men's physique, I remember when, uh, was it Mark Anthony won the first ever Olympia men's physique and then he was a superstar and then the next year he got smashed and then like jeremy bandia came along out of nowhere and just started fucking left right i think he won four in a row or five in a row or something like that crazy like but it goes to show you that the, just the first time is maybe just like okay this is finding our feet like who who is the best we've got and then somebody might like you said come out of the woodwork and be like no hang on this is my fucking game and then blow up and be that worldwide superstar you know Right, and it's, it's all about inspiring the next generation. And I think with Bikini as well, you know, apart from, I mean, Issa Bikini's a freak. I think there's going to be someone that's going to come out of nowhere and be that next freak, and that's going to be that next yeah. Issa. I uh, really do nice. believe that because, you know, the fact that Issa, you know, placed sixth at the Olympia last year, you know, as the reigning Miss Olympia champion to, to sort of to grow outside the category and to not nail the conditioning, I think, you know, the, the, the onus really goes on the coach for that but it also mm -hmm. goes in the athlete because she didn't have that in her, that champion, you know, that champion mentality yeah. perhaps to go, hold on a second, what's going on? Like you have to be self-aware, like you have to look at your physique and understand what's going on. And you would have to known that you're growing outside the category. So I found that like whole prep very, very odd that she just blew up and looked huge. And then they try to bite it down. So, you know, I think there's going to be a bikini competitor that's going to come out of nowhere. That's going to have that eye of the tiger and, <laughs> and then it's game on. And, and it's probably going to happen for wellness too. Yeah, nice, man. Nice. And then transitioning into talking about Bikini Olympia, right? I've got Mr. Bikini on here. What's your picks for top three? I know there's still some shows left, so people might come out of the woodwork a little bit. I think there's maybe a couple left, isn't there, to qualify? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few shows. So it's like after this weekend, so Tampa was just on and, and it's the one Tampa. And the fact that 
Issa bet Jandori, but Laura Lee, she bet them all. And I want to do a, I want to do a wrap up of that. I'm thinking about doing like a video wrap up and like having photos, et cetera, and I can explain what went on. But yeah, I think that Issa came in really flat to me, like really depleted. Like, and you know what flat looks like. You see, like a like a let's put it into context. You see a male bodybuilder do a front, hit a front level biceps on stage. It hasn't been carved up. He's not popping. He's yeah. his skin's a bit loose and it just looks very sunken in. And that's the look that she had on stage in all fairness. She had excellent conditioning, but just didn't have that fullness and pop. And the fact that she was rewarded with that look, I mean, if she's going to be in that conditioning and be really, really flat and be rewarded, no one's going to beat her. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like I really think that. And that's, I think it's not the best thing for the sport. I think it, it would be nice to see something different happen. But after seeing that outcome, I don't think anyone's going to beat her at the Olympia because they're probably going to fix that look and yeah. come in a bit fuller because the coach would have to recognize that and they'd, they'd make some changes because that would be the feedback that the judges would tell them saying awesome condition you need to come in fuller yeah, and, okay, and i'm yeah, sure yeah. that they will so this is number one i'll say laurel is my probably like my favorite but i i mean she's too hidden this yeah. you know with conditioning i think if laurel Lee came in peeled out inside out out of their mind she'd probably she probably could win um or at least Worst case scenario should be second. So, yeah. but he didn't miss the conditioning. So I'm not sure. I'm going to say, I'm probably going to do a repeat with Jen Dory in second. And then I might say Laura Lee third. I think I'm going to lock yeah, that yeah. in because yeah. Attila's gone. Um, she's, she's retired and Janet Leigh is not competing this year either. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I reckon that's my top three. It's a very cliche top three as well, but I think that's probably the, the way it's going to go down. Yeah, fair enough. And so that was maybe just the, the, that weekend Tampa just passed was probably like the, the strongest lineup in bikini if that's, you know, the top three and they're all competing for the Olympic qualification in that show, you know, like it, it's maybe a big indicator that if, if it is the most stacked lineup that hey, this is how it might run, you know, the judges favored this and this is probably going to be your top three. So expect something quite similar. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I was surprised on um, Daraja. She plays second. She was... um really good but I, I think for the olympia you know laura lee and jen dory will, will make adjustments they'll come in they'll come in tighter as to the feedback yeah. and things will change but you never know there's always new competitors coming to the sport that are that are you know going to bring the conditioning game they're going to bring the posing game so you know she could be in the mix as well but you know i'd rather go with the veterans and i'd rather lock that in yeah fair enough man okay so it's it's on here now it's official that's your that's your prediction you can't go back and that's locked it's locked in it's probably going to be wrong because I, I had Laura Lee winning this show and then locked yep. up in fourth. And I was like, I saw a video of her in the morning and I thought, oh, wow, she's looks like she's holding a bit of water. She's the same. Yep. Like, she was gliding down two pounds lighter. Um, like, logically, that's better conditioning, but it didn't appear to be on stage. Mm -hmm. Didn't translate. Okay. So I think there yep. might have been a bit of stress or water or whatever it was, um, which probably cost her, you know, but I'm happy to lock it in. Yeah, fair enough. Let's lock it in, my man. Let's lock it in. Um, and then Troy, like let's transition away because this actually came up today. So obviously your client Catherine Kavanaugh over here in WS, she's a member of Doherty. So she put up this poll, which do you prefer? I actually think you reshared it. So people will probably have, have seen it if they missed Catherine's story as well. And basically it was two poses, like which front pose do you prefer? And normally I'm fucking terrible at this thing. So I like to like dissect it. And normally like me and you might have a chat. Like we've had chats like before about maybe it was Olympia last year, actually, where we were going back and forth. How do you decide what looks better? Because with that example today, and this is what I said when you posted your, your version, 
was my eyes went to B and I was like, yeah, no, B looks better. And I was just about to type and like hit that answer. And I was like, but hang on, this isn't what I like. This is what the judges were like. And, and in the A example on the left, it was, you know, more glute pop. I was like, glutes are the main thing they're looking for in, in bikini. Um, if you can see that from your front pose and the back, you know, when you see more glutes, more followed glute, like better like positioning. And I was like, first time I really got to think like, what do the judges want? Not just what I like. So how do you go about deciding something like that? Because obviously you look at so many competitors, you know, physique updates and Catherine's a really good posing coach here in WA, obviously. So she knows how to tweak things, but how do you go about like dissecting that, you know? Yeah. So it, it was interesting because originally when she posted that, she's like, you didn't answer my poll, Troy. And I didn't answer the poll. <laughs> so she's sent me a WhatsApp message and I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked at it and I said, the, the photo B, with the photo on the right, which is the more, you know, the front, traditional front pose, the old school, um, uh, what was her name? Angelica Mello. What was her name? Mello. Get her name now. Nathalia Mello. Nathalia Mello, sorry. Yeah, Nathalia Mello. That traditional front pose in bikini, the old school pose. And that's what Catherine was hitting. And for me, let's call it, you know what we can call it? We can call it the the Frank Zane pose with one leg cocked out, right? That's what it kind of is. It's like a Frank Zane front relaxed, but in bikini. So (laughs) that... That to me is very aesthetic because her quads match her waist and the and the shoulders, the taper, everything's there. So yep. my eyes were drawn to that as a bodybuilding fan and a fan of proportion because from top to bottom, I'm not looking at a weak point and saying there's a weak point. So her balance is perfect. So I vote for that for aesthetics. But then to make things easier for a judge, if judges are in the, if you're in the comparison and you put the the traditional front pose or the side shot that Catherine did in, in the pose A. The first shot that I um so we got eight we're one and two or A and B is that most competitors are going to hit that shot so it's going to be so much easier for a judge to draw a comparison against Catherine and, and another competitor to make it easier yeah. for them like she could hit the the traditional front Frank Zane pose but it's not it's going to make it more challenging for a judge to make a decision and where you know the sport is obviously subjective we need to make it easy for the judges and she's actually quite impressive in the photo on the left so it's like the shoulder waist ratio is there. Yeah. crazy glute improvements the quads have come up and she's pretty well balanced in that photo as well so from my point of view you know in the comparison it's a no-brainer to go for that particular pose but in her routine she's definitely going to hit that freaking frag zane pose because it's so yeah, impressive yeah. like it'll be awesome oh, yeah. to get a photo of that on stage um and to hit that in transition but yeah so i always think about you know everything that you do it needs to have a purpose so it's yeah. like, what is this pose going to do? All right. So the comparison, like I said, makes it easy for the judges. She's got a small waist. If she had a terrible waist or she didn't have the leg size or whatever it was, we could change a pose to suit her physique. But I think Catherine's done a really good job in bringing her physique into balance. And that's what we've worked on from season A to season B, like the improvements yeah. that she's made. So she can almost get away with hitting anything. But I think the the, the, the photo on the left is just going to be a bit more powerful. It's going to be... It's going to be very hard to beat. Like, I don't see anyone beating her in that front pose. Like, really. It's going to be very hard to beat her in that front pose. Yeah. And that's interesting because obviously that's where my mind went was, hang on, what will the judges prefer? And they can see more glutes and stuff here. But a lot of people would maybe consider, oh, well, hang on. If I hit this and everyone hits the other pose, their eyes are going to be drawn to me. So it's like that fine line, right, where it's like, do you make it easy for the judges so they can see that actually, hang on, you're better than this chick when you match pose for pose? Or do you draw more eyes to yourself by doing something a little bit different that maybe the judges haven't seen all day? And it's like, it's a very fine line, right? So like, it's hard to know what what what, what side of the line to land on. 
yeah see that that's why it's it's it i mean good thing about Catherine is like she's gonna walk out and she hits that pose everyone's gonna go what the hell is that like yeah because it's unique like you just said no one's gonna be hitting that shot you've got to have a certain flow to your physique you have to have the proportion right to hit that pose so it's yeah it's so aesthetically pleasing and you don't even need to know bikini to go wow i like that pose yeah 100 yeah. and people be like oh how come no one else is hitting that pose that stands out that's different it's like originally when someone hit a you know bodybuilding vacuum back in the day you'd, you'd see a vacuum on stage there's that one guy in every contest that would, would hit it and you'd be like look at the vacuum yeah, now yeah. it's become more popular right but it's the same thing for that you know her bikini pose that front shot that front frank zane bikini pose that's so impressive it's going to almost go oh she's really aesthetic the judges automatically like her so i think there's an element of that as well and because she's yeah. such a good poser if i was like we're well, i'm going to be there like in the audience i'll just shout it out and go yep hit this shot and she can work the stage and obviously she's an amazing poser and obviously yeah. a great posing coach so she's going to be able to be aware of her surroundings on stage and make that decision based on you know what she sees and the feedback that i that i'm obviously communicating because like if i see someone on stage that's hitting something and i'll tell them to hit something else if it's going to be benefit to them and sometimes yeah. i'll even say to ladies swap sides some of my competitors can you know they have certain characteristics that might good that look good on the left but all yeah. on the right and you know i've had um when was it it was the uh the 2019 was it the midget pro uh taylor was against um this girl maria and she was hitting a traditional right side front pose and maria was hitting the left now taylor had a very good midsection like really really good midsection it's one of her strengths yeah. it actually that midsection actually looks better on the opposite side but her legs and her upper body doesn't flow as nice but because maria didn't have the mid uh, midsection i wanted to draw a direct comparison to that so i told her to flip side so it made that weakness even more obvious in the other competitor so you're yeah. just destroying her in the front pose so it's about being aware of what you have, knowing how to hit certain shots at what angles and to really highlight your strengths and possibly highlight your competitor's weakness. Yeah, yeah, for And I mean, like we've talked a lot about posing and the presentation for obviously Rosie and everything else, but it goes to show like what we just discussed, like posing's really fucking key, like not just in the bodybuilding. Like a lot of people think that, uh, like, you know, the boys are always in like posing, posing, posing. And, you know, the posing coaching has risen a lot over the past few years. I know Renee does it at the gym. Catherine does it in her, her setup there. And there's posing coaches probably in a lot of different gyms, but a lot of people still slack on it. Like, why do you think that is that people still get on stage? And uh, even though there's this drive and, you know, there's, there's this social media presence from posing coaching, why, why does it still get neglected and why can't, why can't some people grasp how important it is? I, I just think it comes down to a lack of competitiveness with the coach. So yeah. you're only as good as your leader. And if your coach is like, yeah, you're good, check-ins, cool. As, a, as an athlete, you're going to be like, oh, I'm sweet. Because you may not have that awareness. You might have competed before and you're really relying on that expert advice from your coach to say, oh, you know what? Your posing needs to work. You're not hitting that pose correctly. Some coaches don't have that attention to detail and they're not going to question that and say, listen, we need to set you up with a posing coach. I like. I, I think a lot of coaches need to drop their ego and say, you know what? Maybe there's someone that's in a better position to help my client that can help with posing. You know, and yeah. I will always defer to certain posing coaches for that reason because yeah. you know, I can see what's going on with the pose. I know what's wrong with it, but I'm not going to teach it as well as a bikini posing coach, 100%, particularly yeah. transition. So, you've got to drop the ego and say, hey, listen. But 
sometimes they don't even drop the ego. Maybe they're not even aware, the coach themselves. So I blame the coaches for not being competitive and not wanting the best for their client. You got to be honest. And you know what? Maybe it's a cost thing. Could be, is it cost effective? I may not be able yeah, to maybe. afford it. I understand that. But then as a coach, it's your personal responsibility to make sure that you're not putting your client in a position to compete if they can't afford it. Like, yeah. okay, hey, listen, I really want the best for you. We need to make sure that we're planning for success. Let's look at doing season A because we need to invest in opposing coach as well. Yeah. It's just about communication. So, I mean, it, it blows my mind. Like I would be like, without putting any other coaches down, I don't want to do that. There's certain coaches that I've seen that let their competitors walk on stage. I'm like, how can you do that? Not just from the conditioning point of view, but from posing, you know, like there are two things you can control. Yeah. Size takes time to build, you know, and posing something that can be fixed in 20 weeks very easily. You can't build a lot of size in 20 weeks in a prep. Yeah. Posing can dramatically change and that's going to affect, you know, that can affect your placing. It affects your confidence on stage. And I think a lot of ladies as well, probably more important for bikinis, they go out there and they really want to enjoy it. And if you're going to enjoy your experience, you can imagine that you're going to enjoy your experience a lot more when you're posing great. If you don't have the confidence, you're not posing great. I don't think you can enjoy it either. So take the time, get a posing coach. Don't just go, I'm going to go with Joe Blow in the gym unless your gym happens to be double his perth. That's okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got some options there. But for the, for the most people, you know, do your research. Take it you know, upon yourself. Um, ask ask your coach a question. Say, hey, listen, you know, what do you think about my posing? If, if you haven't had a conversation with your coach about your posing, your walk, your transition as a bikini competitor or any other athlete, you know, ask your coach and you know what? Actually watch the Olympia and, and look at these Olympians and say, you know what, do I pose like that? Ask yourself that question. And yeah. if the answer is no, then invest in a posing coach. Start practicing yourself. Get used to footwork. Get used to transitions. You might play with your hand position. You might play with your facial expressions. Like you can start that process, even if it's, you know, if you are on a budget, because obviously a lot of competitors might be on a budget. This is, is an expensive experience. You know, when you're in your contest prepping, you got to pay for a coach, you got to pay for hair, bikini, makeup. The ladies were at the worst, I think. But Yeah, 100%. 100%. But that's the thing. Like, why would you pay for her bikini, makeup, you know, all this stuff to make you look fucking fantastic on the day? And you can't hit the pose for shit. And then all this, like you've spunk maybe, you know, a thousand dollars just on your presentation for the day between bikinis, her, nails, jewelry, all this stuff. But you, when you actually hit the pose, it it's you look great physically, like you look glamorous, but you don't look your best physique because you're not presenting it, right? And and that's that's a that's a really good point that you make. And and it's it's not just even about that, but about posing, the presentation side of things with selecting the right bikini and having a conversation with your coach or posing coach, or maybe someone that's that's an expert in the industry with that with that style, if it's bikini, if it's figure. I mean, all lady divisions require a bikini, right? Ensuring you're picking the right color bikini for your skin color, for your hair color. You know, there's always going to be something that's going to be a better option. Yeah. And ladies, sometimes going for the cheaper option with bikini. I mean, if you're going to spend an extra couple hundred dollars in bikini, I think it's worth it if you're spending a few thousand dollars on your prep. Like yeah. don't cheap out on a cheap bikini because it will show on stage and you're not going to be happy with the photos. That's something that I've also seen. It's like, oh, I'm on a budget. I can only afford this. It's like that extra couple hundred dollars can mean that you have more jewels and you'll be that much more satisfied because those photos are going to be for life. Like you're preparing, putting all this time and energy and sacrifice a couple of extra hundred dollars on a nice bikini, do it. And then same thing for tan. Ladies will, you know, perhaps want to cheapen out, like cheapen out on the tan. Like, no, get pro tan. You need to do your proper coats. And if you're not going to use them, then you need to use a professional that has that experience and that attention to detail to make sure your tan's correct. Because 
how often you see you know, you know a competitor with a tan they might have the hair their makeup the right bikini maybe the posing's on point but then their tan's running on stage and it affects the presentation so you need someone you know that's going to be real with you that's going to accept responsibility and put you in the right direction as well connect with the right people but yeah go with pro tan people like i sell it to everyone it's like the worst thing ever to do your tan yourself because then you've got to be all stressed on show day and then you know if it runs that you can't do touch-ups backstage you want to have that complete experience and be relaxed on show day yeah 100 man 100 and that's that's key like the the, re- the relaxation and like how when you when you know you've brought your best physique because you've done what your coaches said and you've invested in the posing lessons your tan looks fucking great the hair looks great makeup's just been done and you're just chilling backstage and you're like okay let's just wait and just eat our little meals or whatever's needed until we get on stage and then you're just you're just chilled right rather than running around or worrying or even practicing posing obviously you probably need to practice before you go on stage as well and have a go in your bikini but rather than being like trying to nail your posing at the last minute because you're so stressed because you haven't done it and you realize fuck i'm gonna look like shit up there versus these girls who know how to pose i've seen that before many times and it's not even just that it's just the general stress on show day so you're adding to that if you haven't done your homework you know so you know, a lot of ladies are going to be confident if you're in condition. If you put in time in the off-season, you put in the work, you're going to be confident if you rock up on show day, but you're still going to be nervous backstage because it is a competition and you want to do well. Your family and friends are watching. So do everything in your power to make sure that you're going to have as little nerves as possible. And that means preparing properly, planning properly, and putting your best effort forward. Yep, 100%. 100%, yeah. I mean, I think that's a killer little episode. Like we just <laughs> zero script. I just said, let's talk about wellness. And then I just threw in that little bit of a Catherine because I voted on it today and was talking to Catherine about my thoughts on it, obviously. So um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's killer, man. I think, well, here's a big question, the million dollar question. Are we going to beat 650, which was your your total from last time? I think we will. I think for sure. We're going to we we get some man. traction. We're going to get some rosy Canadian <laughs> traction. <laughs> yeah just just get rosie and Catherine, who we mentioned on here just to send it to all their friends to listen just to bump it right up to the top of the charts right absolutely now man this has been awesome i think uh, i think it will go down well the last episode flew up in those top five you know within the first couple of weeks and it's just been steadily growing and growing and um, it's like that hattie one like we mentioned that she she broke 500 for the first first episode to ever break it and now she's broke a thousand and it's the same the quality episodes with the names or the good coaches, like they'll all trickle. Every episode will trickle up, but you'll notice that the ones who jump into the top five really quickly will trickle and they'll keep like progressing, man. So this will be interesting. See if we can get another top five and go from there. But guys, if you're listening and you've enjoyed this, or if you listen and you didn't screenshot to tell me and Troy that you want the Nationals wrap-up live on the O-Show and the week after, let us know and we can make it happen. Or if you just enjoyed this episode, you like this, because... It's quite quite chill conversation for me and Troy here. Like I literally messaged him a few days ago. I was like, bro, do you want to jump on the podcast next week? And it's just we come on, have have the crack. It's just pretty chilled. So if you guys enjoyed it, screenshot, tag us both so we know you want more. And then we'll get back for a third episode, huh? Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. You have an awesome night. I appreciate your time. I know it's like 9.30 over there now and we're wrapping this up, which is why I've got my eye on the clock every so often. But uh, I really appreciate the the time, mate, and uh, I'll speak to you soon, no doubt. You're most welcome. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of The O Show. If you know somebody who needs to hear this episode today, please share this with them via message or on social media. 
Don't forget to also take a screenshot and share it on your story and tag me at Oren McCarry so we can continue to grow the podcast and help more people change their lives with the advice given here. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes as that helps people who normally wouldn't listen to the show find it and get the O Show in their ears and drive the podcast forward to help more people around the world with the advice here. Have a great day and I will speak to you soon.